the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, three parts of stoicism that I practice. And the key word there is practice. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. All right, I'm glad you're with me today. I'm just going to talk to you about a few things that I really firmly believe in. They've been life-changing for me, seriously. And this has only been within the past 10 years. And when you consider my age, that's a, that's a fairly recent thing. All right, thing number one. This is very simple. Life isn't fair. Some of the time it is, but life isn't fair all of the time. How many times do you hear your kids say, that's not fair? Or people out in the community saying, this is not fair. Or, you know, you go and you try to get a parking spot and someone steals it from you and say, well, that's not fair. Well, life isn't fair all of the time. And this is a really important fact to accept in order to live a mentally healthy and happy life. Because I've got proof for this, by the way, if you don't think it's a fact and if you think that life should be fair or ought to be fair or can be fair at some point, here are some facts. If life were fair, we would all look like Bella Hadid, right? We'd all be on the cover of People Magazine's Most Beautiful for, you know, all the men out there would look like Bradley Cooper or uh, whoever the, the man of the hour is. We'd all be beautiful. Now, I personally think everything and everyone is beautiful in its own way. I think there was an old song about that. But the point is that things like immutable characteristics like beauty and hair color and skin color are divvied out the way that they're divvied out. They're a product of your parents and your heritage, and that's the way you show up. Now, you can go have all the plastic surgery you want, and that's fine. And to each his own. Wear makeup. I'm wearing makeup right now. Do that. Make yourself feel good. But understand that good looks aren't partitioned out fairly. If life were fair, I would be able to eat whatever I want and stay as thin as I wanted to stay. But life isn't fair. We would all have beautiful voices like Adele or Sam Smith if life were fair. We'd all have the same talents if life were fair. But none of that is true. None of that is happening. 
So that's your your first glimpse at life not being fair. Here's another one. If life were fair, children would not die young of cancer and muscular dystrophy. Okay, so my mom and dad had four kids totally healthy. My dad's brother had three kids, the second of which died at the age of three from cancer and the third of which died at the age of 18 of muscular dystrophy. These are two brothers. One has four perfectly healthy kids. The other loses two of three. That's not fair. But life's not fair. I mean, there's just, these are facts that happen. And again, you can say, well, couldn't they have cured the kid of cancer? He shouldn't have had to deal with cancer in the first place, but that's how he was born. So life isn't fair. If life were fair, 9-11 wouldn't have had 3,000 plus victims, all these victims, innocent people who were just in the line of fire. So we've all said it again and again. We know it's a fact. We know that nobody likes it, but we can also acknowledge that it's nobody's fault. It just is the state of affairs. It's just true and it just is. And so denying it or trying to pretend it's not true doesn't help anyone or anything, does it? I mean, you can fight it all day long, but it's not going to help anyone. So we know life's not fair. Now the next part of that is accepting that. This is big because it's not going to change. It's always been the case and it always will be the case. Those who have been through, I guess, if you've uh, overcome alcoholism, maybe you know the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Again, that's accepting that there are some things you can change and some things you can't. And you just pray for the wisdom to know the difference. By the way, I've not gone through rehab or anything. I just happen to know that prayer. I was being transparent. Now, once you come to terms with that fact that life isn't fair, and then you reach the acceptance of it, dealing with it is so much easier because when something happens, like you don't get the job you thought you deserved, or you, your child runs into, runs into something unfair in the world of sports or, you know, doesn't get the position or the starting job he or she wanted, and you think it's unfair, you just stop for a second and tell yourself, well, that's par for the course. Life isn't fair. So deal with it. Deal with it. So it's a fact. You accept it, and then you deal with it, right? And I'm going to tell you that once I acknowledged that and really absorbed it into my daily life, I became a much happier person as I wasn't always fighting against something that I couldn't win against, against which I couldn't win. There's my grammatical correction. So this leads to something that's a little tangential, but being happy is a good thing. I think sometimes I have felt in the past that being happy is selfish, but it's not. It's almost a moral imperative to be happy. It's good for you and it's good for everyone around you. And the ripple effect that it has is major. So as I said, I used to feel guilty about being happy. Dennis Prager 
told me something. Those of you that don't know who Dennis Prager is, just Google him. I'd be shocked if you're listening to this show and you don't know who he is. But he writes a lot about happiness. And I'm going to quote him a couple times here and how happiness is a moral imperative. He says, happiness, or at least acting happy, or at the very least, not inflicting one's unhappiness on others, is no less important in making the world better than any other human trait. And you think about that because, again, it's the ripple effects that one's happiness has. He goes on to say, with some exceptions, happy people make the world better and unhappy people make it worse. This is true on the personal micro level and global macro level or macro planes. Let's talk about the micro. I'm again quoting Dennis Prager here. I'm not claiming any of this to be my own but I've been open-minded enough to listen and learn. Here's the micro level of being happy. We should regard bad moods as we do offensive body odor. Listen to this. Just as we shower each day so as not to inflict our body odor on others, so we should monitor our bad moods so as not to inflict them on others. We shower partly for ourselves and partly out of obligation to others. The same should hold true vis-a-vis moods. And just as we avoid those who do not do something about their body odor, we should avoid whenever possible those who do nothing about their bad moods. Think about people, you know, who are always crabby, always in a bad mood, always just downer, Debbie Downers, right? That's what they call them. Whatever. They're not fun to have in the room. They're just not fun to be around. They don't bring anything to the table. In fact, if anything, they take the, they take stuff away. They're a distraction from everything that's good in the environment. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, on the macro level, here's what Dennis Prager says about happiness on the macro plane. Cults, hysteria, and mass movements all appeal to the unhappy far more than to the happy. Cults, hysteria, and mass movements all appeal to the unhappy far more than the happy. He goes on. It is one more example of the genius of America's founders to include, quote, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in the Declaration of Independence. No other major civilization so enshrined happiness as a core value. This American belief in the moral And societal merit in pursuing happiness is a major reason America has developed differently than Europe. 
The American emphasis on happiness is one reason no fanatical political or religious movement left or right has been able to succeed in America as such movements have negatively succeeded in Europe. That's all Dennis Prager. He's got a great book about happiness out there. Um, I would check it out if I were you. So happiness is a derivative of acceptance. I started with life isn't fair. It's not. It's a fact. Accept it. And then don't be angry about it. Deal with it. All right. So how do you deal with it? That is coming up next. All right. Well, here's something we can all agree is a little bit unhappy. Since November of last year, the stock market has plummeted. Here's the happy part. Gold has been on the rise. Gas prices are a joke. You know, the White House is telling us, oh, but they've dropped 80 cents. You know, they're still a buck 75 or $2 higher than they were when you got into office. So I wouldn't go bragging about that. Anyway, the stock market is volatile. Inflation is at a 40-year high. And we've got the war between Russia and Ukraine. The markets don't like instability. But the good news is you have options. Gold prices are rising as investors turn to gold for protection. Gold provides a hedge against inflation and protects against a weakening dollar. Legacy Precious Metals is the only company I trust for investing in gold and silver. You need an investment that's going to protect your wealth and your retirement. Just make the phone call. Call Legacy Precious Metals today. And you want to be proactive before time runs out. I, I hate to remind you about 2008, but those who invested in gold saw huge gains and others lost their retirements. Legacy Precious Metals can advise you on all of your options for investing in gold and silver, so just call them. You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. Here's the number, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, so we talked about the fact that life is unfair, that you should accept it and then deal with it. And by dealing with it, I don't mean being just, oh, fine, frustrated. That's just the way life is. I'm just going to sit here and mope. No, because that doesn't make you any happier. You get a choice here. You get a choice about how you're going to look at things. There's a great Winnie the Pooh picture where Winnie the Pooh is standing in front of his closet. And the only shirts he has in there are the red shirts that he always wears. And I think the caption is something like, well, I guess if I can't change my shirt, I'll change my mind. Other people have said, if you can't change your circumstances, change your perspective. Perspective, change your mind, change your attitude. They're all pretty much the same thing. It's how you're going to look at this business of life being unfair, of circumstances not being what you want. All right. So believe it or not, you got a choice in the matter and you have more power over this than you realize. Your mind is stronger than you think. I'm not talking about your brain right now. I'm talking about your mind. They are very different things. Your brain can function all kinds of things. Like when I move my hands, it's my brain that is telling my muscles to move my hands. When I change my mind, that's me making a personal decision to look at something differently. Uh, I love Winnie the Pooh. I just referenced Winnie the Pooh. I'm going to do it again. Here's a quote from Winnie the Pooh. There are so many things that can make you happy. Don't focus too much on the things that make you sad because there are a lot of things that can make you happy. 
Are you above ground? That's one good thing that can make you happy. That means you're alive. Uh, you can be unhealthy, but still be alive and still have a measure of control over the way you look at life. Now, I want to emphasize this. I'm not suggesting that any of this is easy. Changing your mind sometimes takes a lot of work, but it is doable and it is well worth the effort. So the investment that you make with the effort in trying to change your mind has major, major dividends that it pays off, really good, positive dividends. So this part of the, the things that I try to practice is changing your mind. So payback is huge. Life is too short to spend too much time focusing on the sad things, the frustrating thing, the bad things. Uh, life is really short. And if you're sitting here listening to me and you're 18 years old, you'll realize it eventually. Right now, your whole world is in front of you. That's awesome. But I'm telling you, it's going to fly. And so while you're young and healthy, you want to make the most of it. So things that don't serve you well are not worth spending your time on. I get to read a lot about stoicism. I get to, I choose to, and I love it. And it's been life-changing for me, like I said earlier, and I practice it. When I say I practice stoicism, it's the same like practicing your golf swing. You do it again and again and again and again and again and again, and you try to perfect it. And even Tiger Woods hits a bad shot now and then. So with as much practice as you're going to put in, it's never going to be perfection, but you can progress and it can get easier. I'm going to read you something Seneca said on the brevity of life. How many have laid waste to your life when you weren't aware of what you were losing? How much was wasted in pointless grief, foolish joy, greedy desire, and social amusements? How little of your own was left to you? You will realize you are dying before your time. Okay, so he talks about pointless grief. Grief, it's a heavy word. It doesn't seem like any grief is pointless, but let's just take it for what it is. Grief, uh, you know, that parking spot should have been mine. Good grief. Now, that's pointless. Go find another parking spot. Maybe you'll get extra steps in today to the grocery store and that'll help you lose weight. Foolish joy. Getting joy out of something really dumb, like the fact that someone you really don't like suffered at something. And you're like, yes, that's so great. Or something stupid like that, something counterproductive, foolish joy, greedy desire, greedy desire. Not all desire is greedy, but man, I only made a million dollars this year. I wish I'd made two. And now I'm just going to focus on how I can get to two million because I only made one million. That's a little bit of greedy desire. Now, look, I have no problem with you wanting to make as much money as you possibly want to make. But at what point is it greedy desire? And at what point is it, I just really want to work hard and reap the benefits. And then social amusements. <laughs> it's funny that he said social because social media is one of these social amusements that is a time eater. It just sucks the time right out of your day. And so then you're sitting there going, well, wait a minute. All of a sudden, that 18-year-old becomes 30, and that 30-year-old then becomes 50, and you start going, what have I been doing? You will realize you are dying before your time. That's Seneca. So Ryan Holiday writes about Stoicism. He's one of my favorite authors, and he happens to be a friend. We'll have him on the podcast someday. His book, The Daily Stoic, includes this gem 
from Epictetus, another Stoic. I know you're thinking Stoicism, Epictetus, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. These are names I don't know, and they sound so Greek or whatever. This is wisdom. No matter how old it is, it's wisdom, and it stood the test of time. So it's still really relevant. All right. So the book is The Daily Stoic, Ryan Holiday. Here's a gem from Epictetus. The proper work of the mind is the exercise of choice, refusal, yearning, repulsion, preparation, purpose, and assent. What then can pollute and clog the mind's proper functioning? Nothing but its own corrupt decisions. So you get to decide. The the mind gets to make itself up. It gets to decide, make decisions, make choices. What can corrupt it? Really stupid, bad choices. Drinking and getting behind the wheel. Uh, doing something illegal, um, hurting the feelings of a friend unnecessarily, cutting corners at your job when you're not doing your best. There are all kinds of really bad decisions. And no one on earth is perfect. We've all made them. We will all make them. But they can clog the mind's proper functioning. So Ryan Holiday turns this into a little bit more understandable verbiage. I'll read it to you. Choice, to do and think right. To do and think right. This is pretty simple. Refusal. What do you refuse? Temptation. Maybe that second piece of pie. Maybe that third glass of wine. Trust me, that's a tough one for me. Yearning. Yearning to be better. You want to be better than you are right now. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but eventually. Repulsion. What does he mean by that? You want to repulse negativity, bad influences, and those things that aren't true. Like someone who tries to tell you life should be fair all the time. Not going to happen. So just kind of blow by that and repulse it, if you will. That's a repulsion of a falsity, right? Preparation for what lies ahead or whatever may happen. One of my favorite phrases, and I learned it from John Wooden, the old UCLA basketball coach, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And I kept that in my mind every day that I worked on the NFL, on my coverage, on NBC, on ESPN, on ABC, wherever I was. Well, I was doing all the tedious, and believe me, there was tedious preparation for that. I had in the back of my mind, God, I want to just stop. Preparing to, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And it just ran in the back of my mind and it pushed me on. Purpose, our guiding principle and highest priority. Our highest priority and our guiding principle. And you have to find out what your purpose is. Everyone has a different one. And then ascent. To be free of deception about what's inside and outside our control and be ready to accept the latter. This goes back to that, give me the wisdom to know the difference between the things I can control and the things I can't. So be free of deception about it. Understand what you can control. I can control what I eat, what I can't control, the weather. It's raining. That's too bad. This is what the mind is here to do. We must make sure that it does and see everything else as pollution or a corruption. Now, I know this sounds really pure and high-minded and all that, and I would say to you, 
And so you're born, you're on planet earth. What better could you do with your life than to aspire to all this goodness of the mind? What better could you do with your life than to use your mind for all of these amazing reasons and purposes? And this leads me to the last part of what I want to talk about today. Because once you understand that you have a choice about these things and you get to decide, there's one more thing you get to decide about that, that is a game changer. And that's coming up next. All right. Have you heard about Uncle Tom 2? It unveils the Marxist strategy of creating false racial tension between Americans. Its ultimate goals? Obtaining power, destroying capitalism, and replacing God with government. Pre-order Uncle Tom 2 now. Do it today on SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Go there today. You're going to love this. Uncle Tom 2. Okay, so we've established that life isn't fair. Accept that fact and deal with it. And then we've talked about how to deal with it. It's about changing your attitude, changing your mind. As some people say, fix your face, <laughs> get it together and try to find a way to be happy with the things that are in front of you and make your life better. And here's the third thing I want to talk about. And this one has been huge for me because I'm a very sensitive person. and I'm very insecure and you may not know that, but those things are true. Here it is. Ready? Are you ready? You get to choose whether or not you are offended. Think about this for a second. You often hear people saying, oh, that's so offensive. Oh, I'm offended. I don't feel safe with that language. Oh, those words, that word is offensive to me. But it's, it's a word. So... I understand that some words are less tasteful than others, and some words can be thrown around with the intent to hurt, but guess what? You are part of that equation. If you say, oh, I'm so offended, you are participating. You are, in a sense, complicit in the crime of being offended because you're allowing it. I know we've all been raised to think that certain things are offensive and that you must be offended in order to have this virtue and moral high ground. I'm offended by that. But I'm here to tell you it's a choice. It is a choice. And I learned this the hard way <laughs> through Twitter. Twitter's nothing but a collection of words that people decide to spew in hopes, in hopes of offending you or making you angry or making you mad. Okay. Now you read the words and you go, Oh God, I'm, so, I'm just, I'm mad. Or you can read the words and go, what a fool. Delete. Or you can read the words and say, you know what? I bet these were produced by a Russian bot. What a joke. Or again, you could say, Oh, I'm just so angry choice is yours. Choice is yours. I'm going to go back to my stoic friends, Epictetus. 
any person capable of angering you becomes your master. He can anger you only when you permit yourself to be disturbed by him or her. I'll be even there. Let me read that to you again. Listen closely. Any person capable of angering you becomes your master. He can anger you only when you permit yourself to be disturbed by him. I'm using him because that's just the generic. Okay. Don't, don't be offended. See right here. You could choose to say, uh, or her. Yeah, fine. Or her, whatever. Does it really matter? You get the gist of what I'm saying. I'm not hurting anyone by a, not saying her. And if you're hurt by that, then I guess I'm your master. <laughs> I guess I can hurt you pretty easily, right? All right, let's go on here with um, Meditations is a phenomenal book to own. Marcus Aurelius wrote Meditations and many people, experts, I mean, this book has been, Meditations has been rewritten and rewritten and rewritten and people think he had, Marcus Aurelius had no idea this was going to have the impact it had because he was just basically writing down his thoughts in a, almost a diary form. But he was a great uh, Roman emperor and he was a Stoic philosopher. And he wrote about taking responsibility for the things within your control. Again, it's about what you can control and what you can't. Here, here's what he writes. Someone despises me. That's their problem. Mine, not to do or say anything despicable. Someone hates me. Their problem. Mine, to be patient and cheerful with everyone, including them, ready to show them their mistake. Not spitefully or to show off my own self-control, but in an honest, upright way. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that all of the time? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. You probably won't be able to do it all of the time, but you can try. Try the first time, then the second time it gets easier. And then you do it the second time, and then the third time gets easier. And again, I'm not saying any of it's easy. It just gets easier and you get stronger and you get more practiced in this practice of saying, I can choose whether or not I want to be offended. Now, someone comes in here and punches me in the face. That's an offense. That is a physical offense. And, you know, I can take that person to court. I can sue them, whatever. That person could get arrested, yada, yada, yada. But if someone walks in here and says, Michelle, you are an idiot and you're ugly and you were never good at silent reporting and your podcast should be removed. I could just look at him and go, thanks. See ya. It might not be easy, but I can do it. And if you're on social media, that's a good place to start your practice. Okay. Marcus Aurelius also says you should be compassionate toward the people who want to try to offend you. Here's what he says. When people injure you, ask yourself what good or harm they thought would come of it. If you understand that, you'll feel sympathy rather than outrage or anger. Your sense of good and evil may be the same as theirs or near it, in which case you have to excuse them. Or your sense of good and evil may differ from theirs, in which case they're misguided and deserve your compassion. Is that so hard? He asks. You know, it's it, it's so easy to find offense in almost anything around you. Almost anything. Like, I, I'm just going to look at my backdrop here, and you can see that I've got a couple of footballs. Now, people could say, ah, that is so offensive. She's just, she's showing off that she used to work in the NFL. I mean, if you want to interpret it that way, go ahead on. That's up to you. You go do that. But is that football in my background really 
going to affect you that much or the sign up there that has my last name on it. I kept that because it was a, a thing that happened in Indianapolis when Monday Night Football turned 35 years old. And they made a street sign for all of us. So I kept mine. It's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. It's a nice memory for me. If you're offended by that, it's your choice. I'm just giving you examples of you can open up social media. You can open up a, a fashion magazine. You can watch a commercial on TV and decide that any character, person, visage, image is offensive to you or is breaking some sort of virtue or social norm. And you can say, oh my, or you can say, whatever. I'll tell you which one's easier. The, oh my gosh, I'm offended. That's easier. I'll tell you which one feels better. Whatever. That one feels better. And it serves you better. You can decide to see something in everyone, everything, every event, every commercial, every TV show, every news story that is offensive to you. You can decide that. It's up to you. Or you can change your mind and say, whatever. So what? What's next? I share this stuff with you because I just it's worked for me. And it's made my life easier and happier. And there is nothing wrong with being happy. As Dennis Prager said, when you're happy, usually you have a better impact on the world than when you're not. This has been Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Be brave and do good. Well, we always appreciate it when Charles Thorngren can join the join the podcast and talk a little money and gold in particular with us. Gold and silver. And Charles, it's these are mad times. I mean, it's just really wacky. And anyone who's watching the stock market is probably asking themselves, what do I do? I don't I don't know, you know, I'm not I don't know how to ride this roller coaster with everyone. And so, obviously, you recommend investing in precious metals. What's the first step that someone should take in learning about what precious metals can do for them? You know, the, the first step, um, give us a call, right? We're, we're going to show you what options there are available. Um, that's what Legacy is about, is showing you options and, and educating everyone. The important thing to know is that we don't invest in gold and silver because it's pretty or because it's, it's unique. Those things are true, but we do it because it has the history of being the true diversity for someone's portfolio. It's the insurance policy against everyone's retirement and their uh, their savings. So, so this is why we look at, at gold and silver specifically. It's the currency that was always meant to be, right? It's not a fiat currency. There's no um, inflationary effect on it. Gold and silver are going to be worth what they're worth. The thing that changes with everything is the amount of dollars it takes to buy that gold and silver and the amount of dollars you get for owning that gold and silver. That's the big key. And this is what people don't understand about it typically is that it is not the stock market and it is not the dollar. It's an investment that is counter to both of those. So it gives you true diversity and balance is what everyone's looking for right now. They just don't know it as inflation gets higher. This is where gold and silver come in. Someone is saying, okay, 
I want to do this, but I want to choose one or the other. When they call you and ask you these questions, when would you recommend gold and when would you recommend silver? You know, that's a great question. And what a lot of people wind up doing is actually doing a little of both because that's possible, right? But it's going to depend on your specific investment parameters. And that's one of the things we're going to do that we're we're different from your typical stockbroker because we're not going to say, this is what all my customers are doing. Because that's not what's important. What's important is what matters to you and your portfolio. When is your retirement coming up? What are you looking to accomplish, right? What are your risks? What are, what are, your, what are your safety features that you need? So there's a lot that goes into it. And what we do here is, is talk with you, right? Our, our big thing is to educate you so that you understand why you're doing it as well as in what form and fashion. Because that's important. It is important. And I think, too, that people probably think uh, I'm a small investor. This is not for me. I can't I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to do this at a level that will benefit me to them. You would say what? Um, I don't think you can afford not to. If you have money saved and you're not flush with cash, it's more important than ever for you to make sure that you put yourself in a protective situation. Right. You have less to lose. So you should not lose it. It's, it's really, you know, it's, it's not about how much money you have or don't have. It's about how much protection you need. And if you don't have a, a very large portfolio, then you probably need it more than the guy who does. Because you can't afford that loss. And look at what the market's done over the course of the year. We are talking about a situation where the loss is extravagant and it's not done yet. This is why we look at uh, precious metals to counter that. And lastly, Charles, for those who fear that a recession may already be here or is coming, what do you tell them about how in a recession this investment helps out? Great question. A couple answers there. We are in a recession, um, but the reality is it's not going to get bad for a few more months. Then it's really going to be bad. What we see happen next year is going to be devastating. Just think 2007, 2008, right? The troubles with 2008 happened in 2007. It just took time for it to hit the market in a real sense. And this is what we see. You know, we have inflationary numbers that rival the 80s. Um, That's something that's going to be dramatic. So, when we look at this, we say, why do we want to do it? And that's exactly why. It helps because it's not the dollar and it's not the stock market, right? This is the safe haven investment. And if you look at long-term wisdom, that's what metals do. They give you a place to store your wealth without the effects of inflation, right? Inflation is good for your metals. The stock market correcting is good for your metals, a weak economy is better for your metals. So that's what it's meant to do. And that's why it has its place in the economy. We're talking about a worst case scenario right now, but even under the best of terms, the government tells you two to 3% inflation is a good thing. And at two or 3%, it doesn't sound bad, right? But over the course of your retirement and your lifetime investing, if you go 40 years, you've lost over 120% of value of your dollar. By not having metals. So even in the best of times, there should be some in your portfolio. And during the worst, you really want to make sure you get a hold of somebody who can explain why and show you what options you have. 
Yeah, that's why we love to recommend Legacy Precious Metals on our show, Sideline Sanity. So the website is LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can also go to the website and find the phone number to call, learn a whole lot more. It's just worth asking some questions, right? A quick phone call and getting more information about everyone's specific situation. Absolutely. We're a no-pressure organization. Everyone who contacts us, they reach out to us. We share information. If it's right for you, great. If it's not, that's great too. Learning something never hurt anybody. No, that is true. (laughs) And we're glad we had you on to learn something from you today, Charles Thorngren. Again, it's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Please go check them out. Just ask some questions. Learn a little something. Thank you so much, Charles. My pleasure. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.